Welcome to Hair Uncut. I'm your host, Kelly Gorsuch. This is a podcast dedicated to looking at the hair trade from a top flight perspective. Follow along while we explore it through open and honest discussion. Today we're talking a little mystery. All right, this is this is something I'm super stoked about. Um, I, it's not something I actually talk about to people outside of my salon very often. Uh, it's one of my secret sauces, if you will, about the industry. I, I, I'm, I got a bang. It's a banger. It's a banger for you today. I got some real information to drop. I'm brewing some coffee right now, so I'm waiting for that to get going before I talk too deeply about this. But just give you guys a little update about what's going on in uh, in my life. Uh, right now, we got the coffee brand just came out. We're super stoked. The weather's beautiful here in Richmond today. Um, that's mostly because that, that tropical storm hurricane thing that was flying up through Florida, came by and uh, dropped a bunch of rain on us yesterday. So um, did its job and it cooled down the earth. Um, so that's exciting. The coffee brand came in. We we had a little snafu. We had a little logistics, logistics problem. We sold out of the coffee in like a minute in Richmond and, um, and DC actually wasn't able to even uh, use it. We didn't send them any <laughs> any ground beans to be able to make their coffee. So a little bit of a problem on our end. And then the labels uh, were a little shiny. So uh, we're supposed to get the, the matte ones today. Really excited about that. And then we can go to like a full real print on, um, on those labels from the actual label maker and get past these uh, testers. Uh, so that's all exciting stuff. Yeah, another thing that's happening is um, one of the guys is taking taking over some of the product line stuff for me for the first time in 17 years. I'm gonna step aside and let uh, let somebody else start getting that to um, a place that we can start to push it out, maybe. And um, so I'm excited about that. It's it's time. It's been a long time. It's kind of more of a pet project than anything, just like a labor of love for fun. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of things for funsies, but it's almost time for it to start into its own business. But that could be a year. That could be two years. Who knows? Um, we're just uh, we're just happy with where it is. We've got a few. The coffee is done. So I'm going to go grab some of that in a second. But we got a few years uh, left probably to just tweak this out and then really excited about kind of we're, we're taking a couple products out of the line that I want to keep it like a certain size. So um, we're going to take a couple products out of the line that, you know, we're great in the testing period. Then in production, uh, they just changed a little bit. So we're going to go back and try to fix or like make them a little stronger. And if we can't, they'll just get killed. Um, so happy about that. I'm really excited about some of the new products coming out. We got, I, I mean, I'm really stoked about some of them. I'm just in a, I'm I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. And, uh, every, you know, people are back in the salons and stuff's cranking and, you know, we're back in our own control and that's all any of us can ask. So, um, you know, I don't mind living and dying. I just don't want to live and die by someone else's hands. Right. Like that, that never feels good. Um, so what this is, this mystery thing, let's, let's just hop into it because I think it's, um, I don't know. It's one of my most important concepts. It's something I, I train everybody that works for me. I, I try to talk to them a little bit about it. And then anyone that trains with me, um, I, I'm, I'm in depth. I'm in depth. It's really important. And, 
And just to talk a little bit about what mystery is, replace it in your mind with the word story, right? It's what the guest sees in their mind. Not, Not necessarily what's right in front of them, but what, like a lot of times when you're talking to someone, right, a lot of the story is implied through tone. And it's the same thing when they walk into the salon, right? A lot of the story is implied through a feeling that they're getting, right? Not necessarily what you're telling them. Like you don't have to tell them that you're one of the best in the business or in their area for them to understand that you're one of the best in their area. You don't have to tell them. You just live it, right? Like I don't need to be on lists. A lot of times like these top five lists in cities, like I actually go out of my way to avoid them because I don't want to be on a list with like, let's say a super generic business where then people are going to associate you with that, with being of the caliber of that business. A lot of times when you're trying to be the best, you just have to be okay being the best for you. And you don't need the recognition for for it because the recognition is where the association in their minds might actually hurt you. You know, it's nice to be able to say you're on the L top 100 salons in the country list, right? Like that's something that we still say from, you know, every now and then, right? But the other salons on that list deserve to be on that list, right? But you'll never hear me brag about being the top five salons in my own city list because the other four salons may not be salons I want to be associated with. They might have just been people who did like a really hard email campaign to get people to go on these things and vote, right? So I don't want to be associated with that. I certainly don't want to be begging my clients to go on online and, and like that's just it just doesn't look good, right? So if they want to do that stuff on their own, they're more than welcome to do it. But we're never going to be the ones to push it, right? Like, you're not going to be like, hey, man, like, tell everybody, you know, like, please, 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 we need the business, right? Like, you're going to be like, you know, if you like what you got, you know, tell somebody, <laughs> right? Like, there's a, a classier way to go about things at all times. So that mystery is the feeling that they get from their friends, like from that viral, from them talking about it, from what they see online, and then the way they feel once they come into the business, right? But I see so often like salons and stylists where we go wrong is like they come in and you're trying to tell them what you are. And a lot of times it's lying and they know it's lying, right? Like uh, one of the best examples of this in any industry is when you're a very small company, you're always trying to pretend like you're bigger, right? And then when you're a big company, you're always trying to pretend like you're smaller. It's so funny to me. And my feeling about that is like, just let it be what it is, right? You don't have to pretend. Just if if you're handmade and you're crafted, that's what you should be selling. If you're big and generic and you're available for everybody, you should. that's what you should be selling. Like people know they're not tricked. They're not somehow tricked into like thinking Amazon's a mom pa shop, right? And vice versa. And they're not, you're not tricking them that your four chair salon is like one of the best salons in town. Like it's just not possible. Um, you, you may be like some of the best stylists in town, but like, are you the best salon in town? Probably not, right? You got to be bigger to be that because you can't have apprentice programs and you can't have, uh, all the receptionists and the shampoo people and the, and all, you know, all the stuff that comes along with that, all the ability to play as a brand and like have branding and, you know, and, and have nicer furniture and have nicer chairs. And if a chair gets ripped, have the money to replace it. Like you don't have that when you're small, you have to be a little larger to have all of that, right? Like that's, that's the tribe. That's what the tribe does. The tribe 
you pool your resources to be able to make sure that the brand continues to grow and then it doesn't decline over a five-year period, right? So that's the whole point of salons versus smaller uh, shops, right? A lot of times what we're doing is we're trying to pretend like we're like larger, right? And I'm just kind of like, just let them feel what they're going to feel. Let them have that mystery. If you explain it to them, you lose it. It's like on a date, right? If you over explain who you are as a person, you take away like that mystery. And the mystery is what everybody's attracted to, right? Like just think about it. Like what you were, what you were addicted to when you were dating or if you are still dating is you're addicted to the what if. What if? What if this is the one, right? You're not addicted to the per like any you spend any amount of time with someone, you're gonna find their flaws. <laughs> right? Like you're not addicted to that. Like <laughs> that's when people start to break up. But what I'm my whole point is don't over explain. Don't give don't give them too much detail about your life and and keep the conversation on them, especially the first like four or five visit, right? When, once they bought in, you don't have to keep selling. Right. Once they bought in, you don't have to keep this up. You can kind of you can become normal. Right. Well, not to say that you should never not be normal, but, you know, you don't you don't have to like uh, stick to this regimented program of like trying to stay mysterious. Right. And you got to do it all the way across the board. Right. If you want if you want them to think you're the small hip salon, you got to look small and hip. Right. And you don't have to say it. You don't have to when they come in, it's like, oh, no, we're a small hip salon. (laughs) salon like by definition then you are not hip if you have to say it right if you're a hipster by definition once you say you're a hipster you're no longer hipster you're just uh you're just a normal bloke (laughs) trying to pretend like you're cool right uh probably with a trust fund (laughs) so you know the biggest mistake i see day to day is people patronizing the guests right just just think about this for a second you take your car to a mechanic Right. Like, does the mechanic sit there and, and tell you in great detail every little thing they're going to do to your car? No. Why? Because that mechanic knows you know nothing about cars. Right. He might tell you like he might try to give you kind of a cursory, like a topical uh kind of rundown of what he needs to do to the car but he's not going to tell you okay i'm going to put a pipe on here i'm going to put a a clamp on here like he's not going to do that right Uh, and i know nothing about cars so there's a horrible example every every now and then i take a car in and i'm like taking it for an oil change and they tell me 17 things they're going to do and i'm like no i don't care i'm just dropping my car off like now you're just trying to make me feel stupid because i don't know anything about this and it's clear i don't know anything about this because if i did i would just do this myself right it's the same thing when the guest comes in if they knew anything about hair, they would just do it themselves, right? And 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 here's where it gets tricky, right? Like the average hairstylist doesn't know it would had got a lot of training in hair, but still doesn't quite understand hairdressing, right? It takes so much experience. So just imagine a guest trying to actually know what you're talking about, right? They don't have any of your education, and then on top of that, they have zero experience, right? Both of which you need to be able to understand what's going on in a haircut. So when you're over explaining it to them, you're just making them feel stupid. You're trying to to build yourself up as if you're something special, right? But the thing is, you just diminished it through the tone, right? You just diminished the mystery in their eyes. So they no longer find you that spectacular because what you just taught them is that any anybody in our industry can do this. Right. So like one of the things here's my consultation. 
hey, how you doing today? Come back. Like, I'm, this is a guest I, I've known. So on the way to the chair, I'm just like, so, um, you know, we've taken an intro off. You're growing this out, right? And they're going to, that's just going to get them right to the point of where the length is, where, where the length they want it to be is going to be, right? And that's all I give them. And then after that, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do big changes without like saying, hey, are you cool with like a big side swept bang from like no bang, right? I'm going to talk about a big change. But at the most, for the most part, they can't know all the technique and, and the vision and the experience that you have, right? So you just got to let it happen. So I just go, cool. All right, let's get you shampooed. That's my consultation. Nothing more, nothing less, right? Because what I don't want to do is remove the mystery. I want them to think I woke up and I know I was just gifted at hairstyling, right? They, they're not going to see the 24 years, 25 years of experience. They're not going to see that, right? That's all implied, right? And, and just think back to when you were a hairdresser for the first time in the salon, is when you hit the floor, it was implied that like, like literally the, the day before you were in hair school and there was an instructor behind you and the person was treating you like you knew nothing. The next, very next day you're on the salon floor, right? With no instructor behind you. The person sits in your chair and they're comfortable with you to like an extreme you're just like baffled by. <laughs> right? You're like, I know, I know exactly the same amount of information as I knew yesterday, except for today you're treating me like a professional, right? And because there's a tone, there's a mystery that's involved in that, right? And so when you get better in this field, you don't want to remove the mystery because you're just kind of being a jerk, right? You're just trying to like make them feel stupid, Right. And you could be like, hey, I want I'm going to put some movement. I'm like, I, I'm super ambiguous. I can put some movement in here or whatnot. Right. I'm all for that. Right. And then just keep it on the, like the process. Hey, you know, like, what are you doing? How are you styling this? Like, you know, what do you like the heaviness of your hair? Do you do you want it to feel like looser and more movable? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Right. I'm getting into these questions in like and it's not like rapid fire. I'm, this is throughout the process of the cut. And I never tell them anything about, like, I'm never like, oh, yeah, I used to do runway, I used to do editorial. Like, I don't do that unless the conversation just goes there, right? Like, I, I look hip on the floor. The salon looks hip. The music is hip. It's stuff that they haven't really heard before, right? Like, the feeling is that the place is cool, right? But then the vibe we're giving off as stylists and is is to be like, no, we're this is just a home. Come into our home. And we're going to cut your hair and, and, and hopefully you're going to love it and you're going to enjoy hanging out with us on a monthly basis, right? Like that's the key. You're, it's not this game of like, oh, we're so hip. You like should be blessed to be here or vice versa. This is how hip we are, <laughs> which is then you're not hip at all, right? So it, it's, it's pretty simple. This, yeah, and, and this is what you should do. Just almost nothing should be expected. They come in here and they're thinking it's like this crazy hip environment. You should just be like so warm and fuzzy, like nail them with the warm and fuzzy, the drink service and, and like checking on them to see how they are. Like not checking on them to a point where it's annoying, right? Like when you look at like super upscale dining, right? The better dining goes, people are like, oh man, they're checking on me all the time. They're blah, 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 blah. And then when you get to upscale, only one person talks to you. They don't come by and bother you and ask you how every bite of your food tastes, right? Like they know it's good. Just let it be good. It's the same thing in the hair salon. Just let it be good, right? It, they don't come over and go, hey, would you like more water? They just pour more water in it, <laughs> right? It's like the, the difference between 
like really good and excellent is is just night and day, right? You can get to that top 98% fairly easy by over by like being over attentive. And then that last 2%, it has to be a lifestyle. You know, that last 2%, it has to be a customer service that you live by. And that's like the most important thing because that's that mystery, right? You're not, you're not coming by and like, you know, can I get you more chocolate? Can I get you more coffee? Can I get you more? You're not doing that. It's, it's simpler than that. It's easier than that. A coffee shows up, a water shows up, a little chocolate on the station shows up. I mean, Hershey's Kiss costs nothing. I used to just throw them on the station, you know, with my, with the water, like after I walk them back, it's a hot day. I'd walk them back, get them shampooed. And then while they're getting shampooed, I put a water, a napkin, and a Hershey's Kiss on my station, right? It was something that I really enjoyed doing. And it just like, it says it without saying it, without beating them over the head with it, right? I love the idea of that. Just sell this, just sell your story as art, right? Like um, one of the mistakes I see is like people come up and then they linger at the desk, right? It's like, you, you cut someone's hair and then you walk them to the desk and then you stay at the desk during the transaction. Here's the deal. And, th- and this is so clever and, and easy at the same time is uh, the, the stylist should have nothing to do with the desk. They should never linger at the desk. They should never be at the desk when the client's at the desk. The most you do is walk them up and you say, okay, uh, uh, Gina's going to take care of you today, right? Or, you know, Alexa's going to take care of you today, right? That's what you say. And then you walk away and hey, it's good seeing you. And I always, I have my own little um, systems right there. Like I'll, I'll say something about our conversation or whatnot, you know, but like it's, it's not ingenuine. Like I really care. I'm not just, it's a part of the process. It's just a habit of mine. Um, I'm not doing it because I'm, I, I have like some robotic system. It's because I care about my guests and I've been doing them for a long time and I genuinely want uh, their kid to get into college. <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell them or I'll say, hey, come in for the bang trim because I do want to see them in between haircuts for a bang trim, right? Because I'd rather me do that than them do that. And then two on top of it, like if they can stretch the haircut out a little longer, the more I can charge. Um, that's that's one of my keys to my process. I, I don't want the guest to even think of you as transactional. The guest should think of you as an artist, right? Like if someone talks to me about money at my station, I'm like, oh, I don't actually even control that. Even though I'm the owner of the salon, I don't control that. The salon kind of has a process and policy around pricing and, and I don't really control it. I don't get to like barter for art or barter for drinks at the bar or any of that. I always blame it on the salon. Even as an owner, I blame it on the salon. Yeah, that's kind of salon policy, right? And I, and they talk about price. I'm like, yeah, the desk candles that I don't, I don't, I don't talk about price, right? Or I don't even say that. I say, oh, the the the, the desk candles that the desk candles that, right? Because I I, I am not concerned with price. I literally 100% cut hair for fun. And that's the story I want the guests to know, right? I cut hair because I'm an artist and because I was born to cut hair, even though <laughs> it is a trade. I did learn it. I do do it for money, right? But at the end of the day, I want to treat it like that. I want to treat it like it's that spectacular and that I'm that proud of it, right? And then I want the guests to feel that, right? And so I don't want to remove the mystery of that. I 100 and I do want it to be like that, right? Like a big reason I don't go over and check my tips until the end of the week because I don't want to sit there and figure out who tipped me what, right? That's one of the things I hate about Venmo 
is like you then see exactly how much they tipped you. And like my thing is you don't know how much value they're putting on it just because they tipped you a lot, right? Like if someone saved up for three months to just pay me a couple hundred dollars for a haircut, like I want to give them the same experience as someone who, you know, this was just not a lot of money for them, right? But both of them value you, right? But like, I don't want to, I don't want it to ever creep into my mind that like, oh, this person tips me a crazy amount of money. I need to give them more. They call in, I'm going to cancel someone that tips, whatever, whatever it could happen like in the salon atmosphere, which I know happens, but I don't ever want it to do that because I don't want to be a transactional hairdresser, right? Like I do do this for the art. I have been in this for a long time and I've treated it with that kind of respect from the beginning. That's the kind of respect that I believe that you should give the industry and your own career. The benefits of this are insane, okay? A lot of times what people don't understand is happening at salons and barbershops and stylists and chair rentals and all of this. What you're, what you're not taking into account is long-term ROI, long-term return on investment. I'm not allowed to use the big, the big energy words. So the long-term ROI is what you should be looking at, right? Like can your spot support a big price stack because sometimes you're just going to cap yourself right if you don't have shampoo people if you don't have desk people if you don't if you don't have quality um accoutrement in the salon if you don't have uh the drink service and all those things that make the the guests feel like you're hugging them if you don't have all of these things well then you have a cap on your price you have a cap of which you can charge and i don't care how good you are you're you're Basic, like you can't have one person in salon charging $20 as a professional. Like you can have an apprentice charging that. You can't have like a, a hairstylist charging 20 and then someone else charging a thousand. It's not possible, right? There, there is going to be a cap on the space. So, and, and a lot of times that cap might be at the bottom, right? So you might say, um, like for example, I don't judge my spaces based on how much the most expensive person charging. I, I base them on what the what someone who hits the floor has to charge because that's the cap in the salon. And, and that's where we're giving back to the trade, right? Me getting busy helps the next person. The next person getting busy helps the next person. And then a whole salon getting busy helps those apprentices like hit the floor running, right? That's the, the stuff that's magic in this industry. That's the stuff that I'm in it for, for sure. Um, but just removing one both the bar on the bottom end and the top end removing those bars and like being able to push push the price to a place where you're getting paid based on your supply and demand right and like taking your own ego out of it so some people are like you know over the last week we've raised a lot of prices here a lot of that's based on inflation right like and then a lot of it's based on yeah, we're, we've been growing a brand for a few years and this is just a natural process. Like it's starting to take hold and now prices have to go up, right? And and that's all based on demand. That's not based on funsies. Um, you know, when it's not like someone took a class once in West Virginia and now they're like, well, I just took a class, so I'm going up $10. I paid $500 to travel to Vegas to go to Cosmoprof. That's not how it works. So I think the whole point of this is just remove the mystery so you can bring that that long-term ROI up and, and remove that price cap and you do well by everybody, right? <laughs> and I, I think that, um, you know, you need to understand that as, uh, as stylists and salon owners and stuff, you need to do what makes sense for your own business. So take these take this little bit of advice and get the, get that mind racing and, and try to do what works best uh, for you and your environment. 
Well, anyway, guys, it's been another great week. I love chatting with you guys. I hope this helps. Guys, thanks for listening in. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking the time to care about the industry. It, it matters more now than it ever has before. Please review this podcast if you're so inclined. And if you like the content and the information that we shared today, please take it, make it your own, distill it, skill up, and whatever you do, please take the time to pass it on to the next generation.